Section 5 of Six Cups of Coffee. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Penn. Six Cups of Coffee. Coffee 5. The Right and Wrong Ways of Making Coffee, as described by Mrs. D. A. Lincoln. The Wrong Way. Buy the cheapest coffee, that is, the kind which costs the least money, without regard to its purity or quality. Use more or less coffee, just as it happens. Accurate measurement is not essential. Put it in an old tin coffee pot. Pour on water from the tea kettle, never mind about the quantity, or its temperature, or the time it has been in the kettle, since, as it comes from the tea kettle, it must be all right. Let it boil indefinitely, and if, when breakfast is ready, the water has boiled away, just pour in more. If you can afford it, add one or two eggs at any time during the process, when you happen to think of it. If it be royally, strain it, if you can find a strainer, and serve it with, yes, common brown sugar and skim milk will do, if you choose to think so. The compound is, what? If there be any left, keep it warm on the back of the stove until the next meal. As this long steeping makes it dark, it must be strong, so add more water. After dinner, set the pot away, and the next morning pour out the old grounds. Rinse it, or not, just as your time will allow, and repeat the process of making. Wash the coffee pot occasionally, if the outside need it, but rinsing is sufficient for the inside. The Right Way Buy pure coffee, not necessarily that which costs most, but buy it from some reliable dealer. Mixtures of one-third mocha and two-thirds java or half mocha and half male berry java, have given general satisfaction. There are some varieties of South American coffee which are very good. Occasionally, one finds a brand through some friend who is in the business, or who has had opportunity of procuring it directly from coffee-growing countries, which is of such remarkable excellence that it leads one to suspect that much of the best coffee grown is not in the market. The raw berries are tough, difficult to grind, and have but little flavor. Roasting makes the berries brittle and crisp, and when properly done, develops a fine flavor. But when half done, or done to excess, the result is a raw or bitter flavor. Many prefer to roast and grind the coffee for themselves, but in coffee houses, the arrangements for roasting are so complete that it is better for small families to buy roasted coffee and to grind it as needed, or to buy it ground in a small quantity. It should be kept in airtight tin cans or glass jars that the fine flavor may be preserved. Opinions vary as to the best kind of coffee pot. Some prefer porcelain or granite ware, others prefer tin, but all good housekeepers agree that absolute cleanliness is of the utmost importance. The pot should be cleansed every time it is used, all parts of it, the spout not accepted. A brown deposit is soon formed on the inside of the pot if the coffee is allowed to stand in it long or if it be not often and thoroughly cleansed. An important point, and one often overlooked even by intelligent housekeepers, is that the water should be freshly boiled in a clean kettle. Water, in boiling, loses the air or gases which give it a fresh taste and sparkling appearance. It should be used as soon as boiled or it becomes flat and tasteless. A brown substance is deposited on the inside of the kettle, 
and this if allowed to accumulate imparts an unpleasant taste to the water yet there are many housekeepers exquisitely neat in many ways who seldom wash the inside of a tea kettle it is an excellent plan to keep a small kettle to be used only in boiling water for tea or coffee wash and wipe it carefully every time it is used the proportions of water and coffee are one heaping tablespoonful of ground coffee to one half pint cupful of boiling water reduce the amount of coffee slightly when several cupfuls are required it takes a larger proportionate amount of both coffee and water to make just enough for one cupful than for more as the grounds absorb a certain portion of the water and the last coffee poured out is not as clear as the first coffee should be made in such a way that the full strength and aroma may be obtained without developing the tannic acid whether coffee shall be boiled or not will probably always be a question many think it has a raw taste if not boiled others contend that in boiling much of the aroma is lost boiling makes the mixture roily and it must stand long enough to let the ground settle and the liquid become clear some albuminous material will help to clear it fish skin isinglass cold water and eggs are used for this purpose eggs give it a flavor and body and no doubt improve an inferior quality of coffee but they increase the cost of the beverage as aside from their own cost they clog the grounds thus making a larger amount of coffee necessary to obtain the desired strength but if coffee must be boiled let it be boiled in a closely covered vessel with a thimble or cork in the spout as if left uncovered the volatile oil which forms the fragrant aroma is dissipated and it should never boil more than five minutes as longer boiling extracts the tannic acid there is a widely prevalent but erroneous notion that long boiling extracts more of the strength and color and is therefore more economical but strength and color thus gained are obtained at the expense of flavor and wholesomeness after thorough trial of several methods of making coffee i have found filtering or percolation the simplest most economical and most satisfactory various modifications of the biggin or french filter coffee pot are in use this is a double coffee pot with one or more strainers in the upper pot some of these biggins are expensive and soon get out of order but others are very simple and with care will last a long time the coffee should be ground very fine and be placed in the upper pot some varieties have a convex coarse strainer in the bottom to keep the grounds from clogging the fine strainer then a coarse strainer is placed over the grounds the boiling water is poured in and allowed to drip slowly through the coffee into the lower receptacle many of the coffee pots made on this principle are placed in another vessel containing boiling water but if there are only two parts to it the coffee pot should stand where the coffee as it drips through will keep hot but will not boil if the upper part is not large enough to contain all the water desired it must be poured in in small portions the full strength and aroma are thus obtained no clearing is necessary and if care be taken to observe all the minute points in the directions the beverage will invariably be good for good breakfast coffee cream scalded milk and block sugar are necessary the milk should be scalding hot but never boiled as boiled milk gives an unpleasant flavor ascertain the tastes of those at the table as most coffee drinkers prefer to have the coffee poured on the cream and sugar one tablespoon of cream two of hot milk and two blocks of sugar with an extra block in the saucer 
is a fair proportion for the breakfast cup. Pour in the coffee until the cup is three-fourths full. Never fill it to overflowing. After dinner coffee, or black coffee, is made in the same way, a double proportion of coffee being used. It should be very strong and perfectly clear. Serve it in small cups, with block sugar if desired, but not with cream or milk, as the milk counteracts the purpose for which the coffee is taken. Coffee is stimulating, and, when taken clear and very strong after a hearty meal, aids digestion. But, when combined with cream or milk, a leathery compound is formed, which is indigestible and irritates the internal membranes. End of section 5